Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Welcome to the BNB Reaction Show. This is your Minnesota Vikings versus Carolina Panthers edition. This is Brian, joined by Brad as always. Brad, how are you doing? Well, I was a lot better 10 minutes ago than I am right now. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, so for those of you who didn't watch, the uh, the Panthers barely lost to the Vikings, if you're looking at the scoreboard, but really... Jeremy Chin is the whole reason the Panthers were even close to beating the Vikings because their offense was shit. Their defense was struggling, but Jeremy Chin came up and had a 17-yard fumble recovery after a Zach Kerr sack on Kirk Cousins and the very next offensive play for the Vikings. He strip-sacked Dalvin Cook himself and returned it for a touchdown. And that put the Panthers in the lead, 21-10, to and the Panthers managed to blow that. So I can understand why Brad's not as happy as he was about 10 minutes ago. I think you're burying the lead, though, because they didn't just blow that. They blew it with two minutes to go in the game. Like we yeah, had they, a, uh, we had a 24 to um, what? 13. 13 lead with like six or seven minutes to go in the game and the, they lost. Yep, Kirk Cousins threw a, pa- a ten-yard pass to Jeff- Justin Jefferson, and then they scored on the ex- on the set the two-point conversion. The Panthers drove the ball down the field and stalled and kicked a twenty-one-yard field goal, which led to the Vikings scoring a touchdown at the very end of the game. I think they left the Panthers with what, like forty-five seconds to work with, and 46, they didn't yeah. get it done. Yeah. I mean, the they didn't get it done because they relied on they, Joey. They, the Panthers actually did everything goal. they could. Everything went wonky with a the connection there. So why don't we? Yeah, I think we were that? both talking at the same time. We sure were. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, you know, I they they did everything they could in those forty six seconds. Teddy Bridgewater threw a desperation heave to Curtis Samuel, and he caught it because he's Curtis Samuel. And then they got out of bounds. They got down. They stopped the clock like they were supposed to, and they set Joey Sly up with a 56-yarder well within his range on the left hash, perfect spot, and he shanked the absolute shit out of it. Yeah, it... it... It's really weird because, like, I feel like Joey Sly kind of got like a a higher ranking than he should have as far as kickers go because of the last few weeks, several weeks, I should say. But he's always been inconsistent when it comes to kicks. Like, I feel like it's always a fifty-fifty with him, no matter what the range is. Yeah. Like he's got a big leg, he can nail a sixty-yard field goal, but he could also oh, yeah. shake it would, a thirty-five-yard field goal. It would have been good. It would have been good from sixty yards if the goalposts were in the corner of the end zone. Right, and he actually missed a field goal earlier in the game as well, so that didn't exactly help his case. 
Well, to be fair, that one was blocked. So. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah, to give to be fair to him a little bit, it was blocked. It's not his, really not his fault. So much happened in this game, like over the course of. Oh my god! Yes, the fourth was like was like like, a whole game in of itself. Yeah, like I remember watching at halftime, being like, "Oh, the Panthers going to lose," and then like two plays later, I'm like, "Oh, we're up twenty-one to ten. Well, that's crazy. All right." Yeah. Just an, uh, so obviously, hero of the game, we should talk about Jeremy Chin. I think this game should solidify his status as the defensive player of the year. Well, defensive rookie of the year. Rookie of the year, sorry. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way they'll give the give defensive rookie or defensive player of the year to a rookie from the Carolina Panthers. I just you know, I don't I don't think they'll do that, but he he absolutely should be the defensive rookie of the year. And it's not even close. Yeah, they flashed up some names and I was like, um Yeah, those guys aren't Jeremy Chin was like my my immediate thought. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean he did something that hasn't been done since nineteen thirty, I think is what it said. We're recovering two fumbles for touchdown in the same game from as a rookie. And as far as we know, uh, no player has ever recovered consecutive fumbles for a touchdown. Yeah, as far NFL as I history. know, nobody's ever done it in back-to-back plays. Yeah. That's certainly the second that one, like, never happened. And the first one, like, you know, that 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 you can make a, pay, a case for, okay, he was in the right place at the right time, he recovered the fumble. Second one, he literally stripped it him his fucking self and, and took it to the end zone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The first one, Zach Kerr should get credit for it because Zach Kerr actually made the play. Uh, the ball just bounced right up into Jeremy Chin's hands. But on that second one, you're right. He he forced that fumble on Dalvin Cook and took it to the house. Like there was no other player involved in that play. Yep, it was a giant stack of players. He made the right decision to try and go at the ball. He got the ball and he took it and he just ran it in. That's a that's a very high high tier play by a rookie. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um as far as other highlights go, um I'm not gonna talk too much about Teddy Bridgewater because he really disappointed me, but um I felt that Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel did well when the ball was thrown well to them. Yes. They both had Anderson had four catches for 94 yards and a touchdown, including a 41 yard scamper on that drag route. Uh, Curtis Samuel had five receptions for 72 yards. And I felt like he had at least a couple really big catches, including the one that put them in position to possibly win the game. Um, so on offense overall, I'm not terribly disappointed in anybody except Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he didn't they have the best game. just looked like shit. Yeah. I mean, he missed a wide-open DJ Moore in the end zone in the fourth quarter. We wouldn't have even had to kick a game-winning field goal if he could have thrown to a wide-open DJ Moore, who got hurt on that play, by the way, if things couldn't be bad enough. He missed a wide open DJ Moore on a 50 yard plus touchdown earlier as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. He just, it was just he straight was, up I don't not, know if he was trying. Throw. Yeah. I don't know if he was trying too hard because he was in Minnesota, 
or or what? But he just picked a bad day to have a bad day. Yeah, I think that he's trying too hard at times. Like, I feel like the offense was supposed to be built for him to make these, like, short yardage throws, and I feel like these defenses are now keying in on those. Like, the most successful plays of the day were the ones where he threw the the ball downfield if you take away, like, the Robbie Anderson drag route, which was just schemed perfectly. I think think NFL defenses are figuring out that Teddy Bridgewater is a – five to 10 yard thrower for the most part. Yeah. He's and, a cooler version of Kirk cousins. <laughs> yeah. I will say to give him credit on that last, uh, throw where he had to go spike the ball. He was hurt. I don't yeah. know how hurt he was, but his, his left arm was definitely dangling. So I don't know if he like had a stinger or whatnot, but for him to like tough it out and spike the ball, that was good on his part. So, He's a gutsy guy. He's he's definitely a guy who wants to be a franchise quarterback, but after this game, I don't think he is. I don't think yeah, he's a franchise I mean, quarterback. I, I want to be a franchise quarterback too, but that doesn't mean much. I mean, I I hate to say it, but I just I don't think he is anything more than the veteran you bring in for a couple of years while you look for for your rookie franchise quarterback. Right. He's like the new new version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Minus the throwing ability. But yeah. Minus the deep ball ability, yeah. Yeah. I think that this game should have snuffed out any hopes of the Panthers making the playoffs. I mean... Yeah, we're 4-8, and eight, so even if we did manage to win out, which that would be an impressive feat considering we still have to play the Packers and the Saints. Um. I don't think an eight and eight team is going to get into the playoffs. Nope. So it's time to see like what we the, got. Uh, yeah. Um, I do like how aggressive Matt rule is being. And I feel like the next several weeks should give him a chance to be even more aggressive because now it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, you're not going to make the playoffs. Like the NFC South is just too loaded. You're not going to make the playoffs. You're not going to get a, an, 2004 NFC South situation where you can stumble into the playoffs at eight and eight. Like it's just not going to happen. So I feel like they need to play guys like Will Greer for a little bit, just to see what he's got. Um, I don't know. Just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. I mean, that's, I feel like that's what Matt rule has already been doing as far as his play calls go. But at this point, now that we know they're gonna, they're not gonna make the playoffs. I feel like you gotta go. Like, I would be really happy if the if like Matt Rule goes balls to the wall and manages to win the next four games of the year, just because he was being fucking aggressive as hell on offense. Oh yeah, I would love nothing more than to finish eight and eight, even if we don't make the playoffs, because I I think that would be fun. Yeah, and every game this year has been super competitive, aside from the Bucks game. Like, it's. It's testament to Matt Rule's coaching ability. I will say one thing I wanted to shout out as well. Um, Kirk Cousins was really trying hard on those uh, hard counts. And after the first mistake, after that, it co- it actually costed the Vikings to be trying that because they had 
what, like three different times they had false starts when Kirk Cousins was trying to do a, a, a hard count. Yeah, and they had to blow a timeout on one. I think they took a delay a game on one, too. So, I mean, the, the defense did manage to maintain some discipline there. So that was positive. Um, I also, I thought overall, like other than um, – the last drive, obviously, but I thought the defense played fairly well considering how good Minnesota's offense is. Um, after the two Jeremy Chin plays, like the defense kind of settled down and, and didn't really give up much until the fourth quarter. I thought they, they actually played mostly okay. If the defense had been your typical 2020 Carolina Panthers defense throughout the last several games, I think that they would have absolutely lost. Like the defense definitely stood up here to me. Yeah. They like, even if you take away the two Jeremy Chin plays, like overall they were tough. And that last drive, like this Panthers defense is not really designed, is not really like equipped to take on a team that throws the ball and runs the two-minute offense overall. Like, I think that's why they've kind of, like, made the 3-5 three, the three five stack their base defense because they can't stop the pass. They can't force negative plays. But overall, over the course of the day, as far as my expe- expectations went for the defense, like, overall, I thought that they played much better than I would have expected. Yeah, I mean, we do have to grade them on a curve some somewhat because, like, we've said this many times. Phil Snow is working with like four, maybe five guys who are actual NFL starters. And that's depending on your opinion of Trey Boston. Uh, so, I mean, he's got Jeremy Chin, he's got Brian Burns, he's got Derek Brown, who's a rookie. Jeremy Chin is also a rookie. So two of his best players are rookies. One is a second year guy. Um, and then, uh, you know, depending on your opinion of Trey Boston and then Shaq Thompson and everybody else on our defense are cast offs, Jags and rookies like we shouldn't be as good as we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, did, I, just, I, I can't I, wait. I, I can't wait to see what we look like when we actually have talent. Exactly. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this game to be as close as it was. I I fully expected Dalvin Cook to run all over us and, uh, you know, just the game to go like 35 to like 14 or 20 or something like that. Yeah. And they shut down. I mean, he only averaged 3.4 yards per carry on 18 carries, and granted, he did get hurt. Um. But overall, they only ran for 96 yards as an offense, and that really surprised me because they're because as far as I know with the Vikings, they're a team where they focus more on the running back than Kirk Cousins. Um, yeah, yeah, Cousins they're a run did have first to throw for, team. Cousins did have to throw 45 passes this game, but I feel like that that was because of the way they expected. And I think that the conversation is totally different if Adam Thielen actually plays, but. Oh yeah. If Adam you know. Thielen played, I don't think we would have had a shot at the end. I think it would have been up instead of 28 to 27, it would have been like 38 to 24 or something. I, I don't, I don't think it would have even, and that's with the Jeremy Chin plays. Like, I don't think it would have even been close with Adam Thielen out right. there. 
Because it was hard right. enough to see them try to contain Justin Jefferson. Imagine how much harder it would have been if, if Thielen would have been out there as well. Oh, I'd imagine Justin Jefferson would have ca- caught like two touchdowns against us if uh, Thielen was out there. But didn't it's a testament get, to. I say, didn't he? Didn't he do two touchdowns without Thielen? Didn't he have two touchdowns today? Uh. Yes, I know he, he had did. at least one. So, no, he did have two. You're correct. Um, I think he would have had 150 yards and two touchdowns instead. Yeah. Then, yeah, probably. My take, but <laughs> I think it's a testament to the coaching because they put guys like Rasul Douglas and uh, just random people, basically at defensive back, to try and cover these guys, and it worked out for the most part. I don't fault the defense at all. I feel like the if the offense had actually performed up to the expectation that they've uh, given us over the course of the season, that this would have been an easy win. So I I actually agree with you. I don't think it's really the defense's fault because, like I said at the beginning of the show, when we kicked that field goal in the late in the fourth quarter to go up twenty seven twenty one, I knew we were going to lose. Yeah. I mean, I just knew it. It that's you. I would rather have. I would rather have seen them go for it on fourth and goal than kick that field goal to go up by six points. Because going up by six points in the fourth quarter with two minutes to go is absolutely useless in the NFL. And here's why: if you're only up by three, the other team will be more conservative because they know that all they have to do is get into field goal range. They don't have to score a touchdown. So they're less likely to take deep shots or be risky because the worst thing they can do when losing by three is is to create a turnover. When you're down by six, you have to score a touchdown. You have to push the ball downfield. You have to be aggressive. And when you have a young, tired defense that's playing three-man fronts, dropping eight into coverage for whatever reason, the the offense, they can take as many risks as they want, and the Vikings' offense is just better than the Panthers' defense. So you're actually putting – you're giving the, the upper hand to the other team for just three points. So, like I, I told you before we started recording, I would rather win or I would rather lose – 28 to 24 than 28 to 27. Like it doesn't matter. Those three points don't matter. I would rather have gone for it on fourth and goal because if we score a touchdown, the game is essentially over because it's a two possession game again. And then they have to score and then onside kick it and onside kicks are almost impossible to recover unless you're doing it against the Falcons. Um, but it 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 increases your chances to win and to me the trade off of going up by 6 points isn't worth it when that doesn't add any value to your um probability of winning the game and as we saw we kicked the field goal we kicked off and Kirk Cousins drove down the field the entire field with in in like a minute and five seconds 
and scored the go-ahead touchdown. Yep. Whereas if we went for it, we would have either made it to where they had to then onside kick it and recover it and do that again, or we would have had 46 seconds to score a touchdown because we would have been losing by four. Because we never put them in a position where they had to decide whether or not to kick a field goal. They just drove it straight down our throat. But, uh, you know, we don't rush Joey Sly out there to try a 56-yard field goal. We have to score a touchdown. So there's a chance we would have been more aggressive after the Curtis Samuel play, we probably don't run those next two plays. We probably throw it deep again, and the game could have ended completely differently. So yeah. I I blame Matt Rule and or Joe Brady, whichever one of them decided. And I think it would be Matt Rule because he's the head coach. But whichever coach decided, hey, let's kick a field goal to go up by six, that's who lost the game because that's the exact moment that Minnesota won the game. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be more aggressive when your defense is the way it is. I mean, they played they played definitely over their heads. They have been playing over their heads, but Yeah. Overall, now if we're the like talented. if we're the 85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens or something, yeah, kick the field goal cuz the other team's not going to score. But I I just I hated that we did that. Yeah. I agree. But at the same time, that gets us closer to a top 10 pick in the draft because now we're four and eight and we might win two of our next four. Um, and we have a bye week next week, thankfully. Uh, and then we play. Um, I forgot who we play. Next week or two weeks from now, Denver, I believe. I believe it's Denver as well. Hold on. Yeah, it's Denver and then Green Bay and then. um crap i forgot i know we play new orleans in week 17 oh we play washington um so we play denver yeah we play we play denver and then we play football team um so we have two games that we could win right and six six and ten with all the shit that's going on in 2020 plus the roster turnover that we've had plus a new coaching staff I'm more than fine with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm fine with four and 12 also because higher draft pick, but I'm at the point now where I don't care what happens the rest of the year. I'm fine with any amount of wins and I'm fine with, with any, anything they do. Cause I think we are out of playoff contention, no matter what we do. So I think it's time for, for them to start just being aggressive and just going for it. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a it's one of those situations where we're just sitting here like eh, the best could happen, the worst could happen. Really it doesn't really matter at this point. Like Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, <laughs> this is one of the few rare opportunities that we have as Panthers fans because nothing matters for the next yeah. 5 weeks. We're not sitting here being like critical of our coach or or Wondering what the hell happened because it's the first season 
Like it's the first real opportunity that Matt Rule has had with this team. So like, I think for any rational Panthers fan sitting here, I think you should just enjoy the games that we're playing for the most part. I mean, like they, they're not going to be good. They're not going to make this playoffs. They're not going to make the Super Bowl. But this isn't a situation like Ron Rivera over the last couple of years where we're sitting here like, well, they should be better than this. Like, no, they are they are going to be as good as they're going to be. And we're going to see what Matt Rule actually does while he builds this team. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't really have much to add here. I think I'm done talking about it, too. I mean, it's just one of those things where sometimes you get handed a shit sandwich. Yeah. And this wasn't really the worst of shit sandwiches. I think. No, it could have been much worse. Without Jeremy Chin, this is a much different conversation. Yeah. If Jeremy Chin doesn't score those two touchdowns, we're both probably a little bit more upset about this game. But yeah. Hey, Jeremy Chin is really good, guys. Yes, he is very good. And I think we should appreciate that. We should yeah. we should look at things like that. Like the playoffs don't matter anymore. Let's let's look at the things that that are good. For the longest time, Marty Herney was uh, chastised for his picks outside of the first round, but Jeremy Chin looks like a real fucking star. I don't know how much that had to do with him as much as it had to do with uh, Matt Rule, but hey. We got ourselves a pretty good player here in the second round. And uh, Derek Brown looks good. Troy Pride looks like Troy Pride is showing flashes here and there. So, yeah, he know. looks like he could be a decent, um, like, second or third corner with some experience. Yeah. So, I mean, he he actually looks like he could be something. Agreed. I think he's... uh. I think he's just learning, and I think that, you know, you just take the good with the bad. Today, he had a couple good plays that where I was like, all right, all right, he looks like a guy who could maybe start in the NFL, and that's kind of where I'll just leave it at. Like, the Panthers have a lot of good places that, or I should say good pieces that are performing well and doing good things, and... As a rational Panthers fan out there, you should probably just be looking at that and looking towards the future because that's ultimately where we're at. Looking towards the future. Yeah. So this was never a year one success program. This was a, it's going to be at least two, if not three, before we start seeing this payoff. And luckily, we're still getting to enjoy some really close games rather than some blowouts. Like we could yeah. be the Jets. Just remember yeah, that. We, we could we be, could the, be Jets. the Jets. I would much rather be us than the Jets. Like at least we get to have entertaining games where at the very end we're like, oh man, we lost. We're like, we could be, you know, sitting there in the first quarter being like, oh man, we lost. So, yeah. <laughs> well, from all of us here at the BMB Reaction Show and the Keep Sounding Podcast, this is Brian joined by Brad. We'll talk to you later this week and we'll break down the next. I, I guess it's a bye week, so I guess we yeah, might. we'll 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 talk to John and break down the this game, and then we might do like a where we are after twelve games type thing. And we'll also make fun of the rest of the NFL because that's yeah, we'll fun. definitely make fun of the rest of the NFL because we have to do that. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, and we'll talk to you soon. 
and absolutely wear a mask. Yes, we'll talk. Don't to be you. like the Denver Broncos quarterbacks room. Wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Later, guys.